Hello, welcome to HBO Double Threat, a Succession Barry podcast. This is where we analyze Succession Barry's final episodes, all concluding on May 28th. And today we'll be analyzing and breaking down the episode season four, episode seven of Succession. And And episode six. Wait, is it? No, it's not. Episode I'm awesome. Season, I'm awesome. Four, I can get everything. Five of Barry, and yeah. so yeah, it's very exciting. I would say I I'll just give the breakdown. Let's just get into it. So I wrote down the succession, the succession so breakdown. We would, so we're doing succession first. Yeah, we're going to do like succession. The typical stuff. style we have. So on election eve, where two candidates, where the two candidates are Jimenez and Mencken. Which Mencken we remembered from the last season of Succession, where it's rolling back to his father, as you can remember back. Yeah. And so there is a big party at Shave and Tom's house where there's everyone is there, from liberal podcasters to campaign managers. Roman and Kendall plan to use this party as a way to schmooze people, uh, so the regulatory people, so they can like kind of like investigate like Max and Sue, they can stop the deal. And but Shiv being on the offense and being a mole for um Massa yeah. himself tells him to come make sure, you know, that make sure to stop that, the Kendall stuff. Because you know, Shiv, she's ultimately her line herself with Maxim, but her brothers don't know that. So that's gonna be a pretty interesting reveal when that probably comes out. Um and so as the night continues, there's like a, a like multiple different balances of power. Um, Roman tries to stop Connor from like continuing his running election. for president. Yeah, he's stopping from running him for president because like he's being a thorn in Macon's side. And so he gets this thing where he gets to be like ambassador to some country like Oman or yeah. And, is um, that a real country? Is it did they make that did they make up a country for the show? No, oh no no I, the first thing when you look up Omar is a United States representative. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe no. country. Say Omar. Or oh, Omar. it is a country. It's Oman. Oman. Okay. Oman. Um, and so okay. that's that. But it's really, uh, it's not kind of really sad how when Roman tells him, "You're a, you're a fucking joke, man." Yeah. Really he's literally like the guy you. He's literally been like only like comic relief, basically, to be like, this guy wants to be the president. Mm-hmm. And um, mm, so yeah, Kendall is is failing to persuade people. He's really still not the Logan he wants to be. He's failing oh, yeah. at this. Yeah, I have a quote. Someone literally said to him, "You aren't Logan." Just like that's, exactly that line. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to touch on because like the guy it was like Gil. If you remember Gil from the previous season, it was his campaign manager who said, "You're not Logan," and I'm like Gil. But especially the "You're not Logan" part. That's really impactful for low Kendall state of mind. Yeah. And then uh let's see. And so yeah. And so then we see something really interesting I found out that you kinda of reveal information is revealed by Ebba, um like Lucas's um company. Oh yeah yeah the assistant. And he says that he's not actually the great business tight that he turns out to be. He's doing false subscriber numbers in india and it's important to remember because he owns like, i think like a stream service or something like that yeah he owns like a weird netflix like a go it's called gojo something like that so the subscriber numbers are false so 
that uh yeah that's interesting and then the biggest for me at least it was the biggest motion of the episode my favorite personal scene where tom and shin have a fight where they i would say they get to the lowest point in their relationship yeah and it's weird because it was like repaired at the beginning of the episode then it's got just got slowly broken down until like this Ex part exactly beck that's so right because last episode we see um tom he's like he's saying yeah i'm shallow i'm a shallow guy and then i they like say the money i like the money and it's like we feel like this kind of sense of connection right yeah and so yeah. But then oh, and the scorpion that, thing, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that awkward moment when Tom gave her the scorpion, I was like, at the beginning of the episode, I was like, I guess, I thought, this is gonna lead to some interesting stuff. Yeah, I just like, wrote down scorpion was the first note I ever, the first me, note I took. I actually, I wrote that down too. Scorpion? Question mark? Yeah. It's like, I would say they're kind of both scorpions in their relationship, you know? Yeah. You know what's really interesting? It's a parallel between Connor and Willa and Shiv and Tom because, like, surprisingly, Connor and Willa are the most stable relationship in this entire show. Yeah, and they both know they're just together for, like, money and love. Which, in a way, is, at least, it, it provides more happiness than what Connor and what Tom yeah, and have. Yeah, just being completely clear with it. Yeah, and so that, that, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but that's just like I loved it so much because it the fight like gave so much layers and deep and something similar like that happened, which like a little talking to between Roman and Jerry. Now I had a question: Do you think this might be just the end of Jerry's character? Probably. Because that I mean, it just makes sense, right? She's literally just been fired, and at least she wasn't like she was kind of salty, but she was like, "I'm out." You I'm done with you, Roman, and that's kind yeah. of like... It's mostly really, to yeah. show Roman the mistake of, like, firing her. Mm -hmm. And, like, this, these rash decisions he's made without consequences of now. Yeah, I would say, yeah, this this is this episode is really kind of prove that more and more it's like, Kendall and Roman are not good at this. Yep. And so, essentially, and then... I would say this is the final point, like, and not, this is the relationship episode, like, every relationship comes in this episode, whether they're gonna, they're gonna stay together, or they're gonna break up. So, Roman and Jerry, they're done. Tom and Shiv, interesting, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I um, think, uh, yeah. I think, uh, Shiv and Matson are also kind of, like, that was like, yeah, it was like, I think in this episode, I think it's more clear that he's kind of manipulating her in a way. Yeah. You think he's just playing dumb with her? Maybe. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, I feel like when he's talking, he's just trying to get in with her so he kind of use her, because the, the fact that he does not give her a clear answer, which says, what can you provide for me? It's like, another imbalance of power. Yeah. So, and so, and then I just like the final note is that Kendall and Lucas have a where have a very weird confrontation where they end up hugging. <laughs> that was yeah. really that was really weird. And so, yeah, I'll just start off with my analysis, and you could um, do some feedback on that. I'll start with 
I'll start with this. Next ep- next week is officially the election episode. You know that fact? Okay, yes, they confirmed like there's big, like it, yeah. Does the Nazi they back become the president? Mm-hmm. And I would say this is kind of like this is election eve, so this is literally the calm before the storm. Yeah, well, we said that in episode two, and the storm like killed someone. So <laughs> yeah, and so there's like. But the thing about succession is that um there's like they never really stay like continuous with their characters, which in a way is kind of showing showing either their morality is kind of big because like I could see in this episode Tom and Chip have a big fight. Next episode they're kind of arm in arm, you know? Yeah. They do a lot of character reversals, which I find interesting. Yeah. One thing I just the first thing I wrote down after the Scorpion thing was that, like, scene near the beginning when, like, Kendall is, like, being confronted by his wife, like, yeah, our daughter is, like, you know, doesn't like the company. Yeah, it's so, like, can Kendall, can Kendall actually get rid of the poison that's been plaguing, you know? Yeah. And ultimately, he cannot. He's still just feeding into the same cycle that his I mean, father did. He's the one that's, you know, making the money off of, like, ATN running all this, mm-hmm. like, weird polarizing stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that I find that very interesting how Kendall is still... This plays into my Kendall analysis. Um, Kendall, at the end of the day... He's still kind of just a bullshit artist, you know? Yeah. And, and he reflects Matson in that way, because they're both just... That confrontation just shows how they're both just bullshit fucking artists. Like, they nothing they do matters. This deal should have been done after episode five. They're just... They're just continuating by the illusions of each other. They're just gonna... They're just doing what they want to do, because it's all, it's all bullshit for these people. They're fundamentally yeah. broken people, and it's all just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, but I feel like Matson is better than Kendall. I feel like this episode kind of proved that with the thing in India. He's not, though. Well, he was able to actually hide it more. Yeah, but it's still, it's all just, just recycled bullshit, my take. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say, what else? On Kendall? Uh, Kendall. Kendall's having a lot of delusions of grandeur still. Yeah. Like, he thinks he's gonna completely turn this around and get everything that he wants, but he can't do that. Which I'm... Uh, can I give a little prediction for what I think's gonna happen at the end of the show? Ooh, prediction time. Not prediction time, but I would like to say that I think... I think... At the end of the show... He will become the Logan we think he is. And the last shot is like him being the soulless head of the of the table, like his father does, and that's the end of the show. He's become the fundamentally broken person that Logan was. Hmm, so kinda of looping back. Yeah, cycle maybe it's like a repeating cycle where they kind of like take the place of Ewan, Logan's brother, and Logan where maybe Roman becomes a Ewan, I guess. Yeah, he gets outcasted, kind of. But Shiv's yeah. already, like, on the outcast, so I feel like that mm-hmm. role's more fit for her. That's that's actually kind of true. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like, like, she is, like, at 
actively now like it was only like slight like manipulating to get the deal working and like in the past few episodes but now she is like actively fighting her brothers at this party doing the exact opposite of what they ask mm-hmm. inviting Matson. yeah that's like how do you think how do you think that conversation is going to go, that reveal is going to go down with her brothers uh kendall's probably gonna be a lot more mad than roman because roman tries to you know like keep the family more together mm-hmm. so maybe kendall completely walks away roman tries to keep the connection shiv walks away and then shiv becomes the outcast and kendall becomes the soulless head. I agree with that because, like, I feel like that's something's going to happen at the end of episode nine, and it's going to lead to like the big one and a half finale of Succession, the last episode. Yeah, something like that. Because, like, I really, is, I'm, I'm thinking about what you said about Roman being helping Shiv, and that's so you. Because Roman, at the end of the day, he is the most emotional Rory, maybe. Yeah, most soulful Rory. But you know what I found really interesting in this episode? What? How I think. Greg is the most soulless person there. <laughs> yeah, that scene was really funny. It was like, guys, if you're on the Zoom call, you're fired. That's like... Because every... Greg is like that fucking guy in the back who just does the shit. You never really notice him. But guess what? Yeah. Everyone else in the show, we see still some emotion. Em- em- like some emotion, emotion, human emotion. Like even fucking Logan, he was sad when he was talking to Colin about the what. What do you think humans are gonna do after after like what? What's happening after? Yeah. Like like Greg, he's a soulless asshole. Yeah, I love that scene where he's like talking with Matt, and then Matt is like, but like you felt some emotions. Like yeah, I felt joy. I loved I loved stopping the people from getting home to their families. I liked it when they started crying. And that's like, I'm just telling you that I feel like, at the end of the day, nothing. Greg is never going to become CEO. The people who theorize that, but he's going to become, he's just going to become some higher-up soulless asshole at the end of the show. Yeah, I really hope he just, like, kills Tom. That'd be Mm -hmm. funny. Like, like, actually like, a a backstabbing? Yeah, a backstab. Because, like, we never get to see what Greg's, like, motives are, you know? Yeah, I think you just assume it's, like, money or in power, like, everyone else. It's kind of, like... Well, like, okay, just... the worst thing is, like, okay, he had money. He had $250 million in the will under his name, and he gave that up. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, which says a lot about him. Yeah, because, like, he could have just waited for the money, you know? But he yeah, just but... wants power. Yeah. It's kind of like, he's... He might be, like... Maybe the most villainous character in the show. That's kind of a far reach. That's, yeah. But he's... That's, that's my... That's just my take. I'd probably say the most soulless, but uh, mm-hmm. probably not evil. Yeah, no, he just, like... He just feels kind of like an alien wearing a skin. Like a human suit sometimes. Yeah. Well, let's, um, I have a few more thoughts, and then we can move on to Barry. Yeah. Okay, so, I would say, I wanna, like, here, I wanna break down the Tom and Shiv fight. Ooh. 
So yeah, yeah, that was a pretty long scene. That was a very long scene, but I think it was a very powerful scene because, like, as we said, this episode had like at the beginning of it, kind of like getting this false happiness that Tom gets from the conversation last episode. Yeah, but that's a false. That's never going to real be happening because, like, that's not. They're not changing. They're just accepting some sort of happiness they need to actually talk about what they're feeling you you think yeah yeah and yeah they're like keeping it silent all their true emotions and then mm-hmm. just like they in the conversation you must have a real conversation and actually yeah. talk about did you notice everything. that did you notice that tom he said he's tired but he's not actually tired he's emotionally tired yeah he, yeah he's hearing he's gonna get he literally just getting his shit on the entire night <laughs> He's emotionally tired, and that balcony scene is a powerful, similar, it's a very, that was a very honest and toxic argument they've had out there. Because, like, you know, they're, like, saying everything they need to at face value, but still, Shiv is so broken that she's still not going to admit the truth to Tom. Because he says, I don't care about you, and that's, like, that's an inherent lie. Yeah, I but mean, Tom also says the most unspeakable thing, which is like, "You won't, you're not going to be a good mother." And that that moment is when I thought she was going to bring out, "I'm the pre- I'm pregnant" card. Did you feel that? Yeah, I completely forgot she was pregnant until you said that. They have not yeah. brought it up that much, but I, it's definitely going to come up in the next three episodes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very toxic. They have a very toxic relationship, just to say the least. Yep. And, um, and so, but the thing about them is that we, I think when I, when Tom betrayed her to Logan, I was on a Tom side because I felt like, I felt like that, you know, she treated him like crap, but the thing is, she's also, she's also, um, wait, I'm sorry. Um, I got a text, I said come in, and I was like, um, she also, um, she's also right about Tom. Tom is kind of still with her for her DNA. Yeah, just, like, the money and the status that comes with it, like, climbing up. He's still not better than she is. And that's, like, I think it's a good conversation that they had. Obviously, this might break their relationship up together, but I feel like, still my theory is that they're going to be better for it. Yeah, they do not seem the best together, like, they're both not really mm-hmm. happy. And what else I would like to say is that, um, every, you know, if you stop, like, any one of Tom's lines, they're very powerful. And you feel like if you stop at any one of Tom's lines, you feel like that's the end of the relationship. But he keeps going and going and going. Like, yeah. you're not a good mother. It's like, you don't care about me. You just keep digging. And digging. It was just like, you just, it was like, this episode, it was a good episode, but this was an A-plus scene. Yep. And, um, um, I feel like, in a way, do you feel like, I feel like this was a, a, a Shiv episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was like, mostly just how Shiv reacts to everything, like, the whole mm-hmm. Matson numbers mm-hmm. thing, how he reacts to that. Mm-hmm. And I would say, kind of proving that, you know, 
Shiv is still kind of hiding from her emotions. Yeah, because Tom, she, she'll do anything and anything to say anything. Because she's been taught, everyone's been taught by Logan, it's all a game. Politics is a game. You can see that all the people here, they just need to be schmoozed and that's it. Everything's a game. But for real people, like Tom, they bleed easily. Not like the Roys. They're bloodless. Yeah. And just like, this is the impact of what Logan did to everyone. He's... And it continued from Logan, probably because, like, you know, he said he had an uncle, Noah, who beat him as, like, a child or something. Yeah. It's, like, continued cycle of violence, as I always like to say. And so, I don't know, well, you any good thoughts about, um, about the, about their fight? Uh, I think he mostly covered all the big points. Yeah, okay, and so, another scene, uh, yeah. I think the, the big thing... I've mm-hmm. been missing is the all the Connor stuff this episode. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of big for him. Okay, yeah, yeah. The the big thing with Connor that I think is like in the beginning of the show he is just like nothing. All he is is just like a rich sibling. He has no connection to the company. He doesn't have like Shiv's connection to politics. He's out of touch. Yeah, but then he's like in like season one. He's like I'm gonna run for president. I'm going to, like, see that slowly grow to, like, oh, he has, like, 1%. But now he is, like, getting, like, 2 3%. Like, he's actually gaining power. And I think it may seem small, but, mm-hmm. like, being an ambassador to, like, a country is such not a, like, it's not nothing. Like, that's a really important role. Like, it, Connor should not be having it. Mm-hmm. It's like the insane power sway someone mm-hmm. can have by just Being getting rich. that little edge in the polls, mm-hmm. and now he could actually have political power. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of plays into what Connor's relationship was with like Logan, because like everything Connor ever did was just so Logan could see him, you know? Yeah. But now. Now that like now that Logan's gone, he can move past. Like he can actually do things that he wants to do, and he can actually have some life with Willa, like post this Logan world, you know. Yep. And like, I think Connor might be the character who gets the big, the most happiest ending at the end of the show. Yeah, probably. I mean, he hasn't like lost mostly anything except you know his dad like that okay that's actually a big loss but uh yeah, yeah. i mean he hasn't really suffered all he's doing is like take the money become mm-hmm. powerful in the political sphere and just be able to like walk away from everything mm-hmm. and so let me just look through my notes see if we have anything really else really left to say about this episode um let's see Um, um, I found it was very interesting, the, like, you know, kind of like the Tom Shiv mass imbalance, which I was found interesting. It's like, they're both kind of like, kind of this weird, the, this messed up love triangle between the three of them, kind of. Yeah. It's like, they're both kind of like, 
like all about the balance of power about between the three of them. It's like they're both they're weirdly they're all weirdly kind of they're kind of both competitive for Shiv's love and kind of hate each other, which is why I would assume that this coming into that shit canning of Tom, like that's in kind of wants Shiv, so that's why he's shit canning Tom. Yeah. Though. But I don't know, because then I get to the thing is like is Madison just manipulating Shift, so why would you give a fuck about Tom? It's like it's all about like how you show yourself. Yeah, you know? I mean like he's human also, I mean. Yeah. Because, yeah, which is why I think they kind of this episode is also a deconstruction of Madison as they said he's not actually a coder. He's just a guy who propped up. Yeah. And then he's like has all the uh fake stuff in India. And then he does all the blood shit. With it kind of shows like we've seen him as this like imposing, threat, powerful. But now it's like he's a fraud. Mm-hmm. I, even I totally like, agree. Yeah, it's like he's just like we think he's Logan, but this new money tech guy, he's not Logan. No one can really be another Logan. Yeah, and no one, and no one should be Logan because the mm-hmm. guy says to him, "You're not Logan," and that's a good thing. You don't want another Logan. Logan was a terrible person. Yeah, but he did get results. <laughs> yeah, results. But at the at the cost of what, though, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, I would say, let's just end with predictions. Predictions. Okay. Madsen deal. Probably going to fall through mm-hmm. after all this stuff. Maybe on election night. Maybe. That would I, be good. a lot of high yeah. tension. Yeah. Um, Matson. I don't know. He maybe he reveal he he kind of Matson and. Wait, I think I got it. Okay, Kendall and Roman they split up. Twist, right? Yeah. Kendall. Greg betrays Tom for Matson. Yeah, I feel. I feel like. Matson definitely took more of a liking to Greg in this episode. This yeah. episode, yeah, he didn't see um, him as just oh, there's another one of them. Oh, yeah. who's this guy? I didn't invite oh. him. Also, you know, Oscar is friend. He was such a dick. He was. <laughs> I, I mean, I they're probably... all dicks. I mean, like that assistant yeah. was. You could tell it was so pissed off. Yeah, so I pissed off that she literally leaked the thing that's gonna take him down. Mm-hmm. And he even expected that because like these guys are not friends. He said. He said this shit. Was it Ebba? Was it Oscar? He knows yeah. that these guys aren't his friends. Because he's just a fundamentally broken person. All the, the show's showing that all these rich people, they're just fundamentally broken. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Shiv and Tom... Done I still think I still think they're gonna get together. Happy family. End of the season. I think Dunzo Shiv keeps the baby doesn't tell Tom. I mean, yeah. Okay, let's get into Barry. Okay, I will. I can recap this one. Okay, you okay. So we jump in on where we left off. End of last episode, we thought, "Oh, this is gonna be like a fake vision. It's not gonna be a time jump. It's not. It was a time jump." So we jump ahead eight years later. Barry, uh. Barry is like a dad now. He is like has a son. And John. 
John. His name is. I did not know his name. I I don't know. Uh, yeah. So they're chilling in like some weird southern farmhouse. Uh, yeah. Sally is extremely depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. an alcoholic. So Barry <laughs> is like homeschooling his kid, sheltering him so much from the outside world. And yeah. And I feel like the kid, he kind of realizes that, okay, we are not living a fucking normal life. This is fucking yeah. weird. It and, is. yeah. And yeah. So. In the way that the Succession episode was a shit episode, this episode was kind of like a Sally episode, I would say. Definitely. Um. Okay, so we follow Barry. He, like, does all this stuff to try to, like, quote-unquote protect his son, but he's mostly just, like... Mm-hmm. Stopping him from doing basically anything. Baseball, video games, you name no, it. Yeah, no, so no video games. And then what's so funny is if you look at the scene um, where he's like at the YouTube videos, yeah. he Googled, wait, what did I have? He Googled Little League Deaths on YouTube. That's <laughs> <laughs> <And> so funny. <laughs> and it's like these people getting killed by baseball. And the kid's like, like eight years old. I don't know what this dude was thinking. Like, this is good parenting. And then Dan's like, yeah. So my friend got shot in the mouth. Like, he's somehow, like, protective mm-hmm. over he him. Also, yeah. He also leaves a really like, big insane part. Death. Yeah, insane death. He's also leaving a really big part of the story he tells to his kid, you know? Yeah, like, the fact that he didn't kill an innocent person. Yeah. And so, he's... Yeah, Beck, I totally agree that he's sheltering... He's sheltered yeah. his kid. It's like, well, obvi- I think, obviously we know why. Because he's in yeah. hiding. And I feel like, however, Barry is kind of an out-of-touch guy. Because, like, Oh, this... yeah, he is yeah. very emotionless. We've established that. Because, I don't know if you realize this, but in all of Barry's, in, the, in Barry's visions, we, we either see him, like, him, like, his past, like this desert where he's, he lived with his dad, or yeah. like a vision with him having children. So this, this is Barry's perfect life. Yeah, and it's showing how this is so depressing that this is Barry's perfect life. This is just like, it's just yeah, like this is just like a downer of an episode. It's also just a fucking weird episode, you know? Yeah, it's like a weird episode, like. This made me kind of, like, rethink the show a bit, you know? Because not in a bad way. I think it's... It's not, like, a comedy anymore. It's, like, a very weird... It's more of a black comedy. Yeah, well, okay. There were, like, two jokes this episode that I... I, um, Okay, yeah. Uh, I'll explain the context for the other joke. So, Sally, she is extremely depressed. She just left everything behind. Because, you know, she lost everything. Uh, so she is this extremely alcoholic, working as a waiter. And then and every like, night, she just she goes watches, on her... Watches she watches... Just, just desserts. Just, yeah, literally her friend that made an extremely successful TV show. And I love the line. It was like, our show was quoted in the State of the Union address. <laughs> it's like to show how absurd it is that this random, like, cupcake... Uh, TV show was like insanely popular. Just like mm-hmm. a major blow to her. Mm-hmm. That I, that was like, and the the show is such a fucking stupid show, you know, like yeah. black licorice or something. 
it could be good. I don't know. I haven't seen all of it. I feel like yeah, it's a oh, good think... premise. I'd watch a spinoff. Oh, a just dessert spinoff. Yeah, that could be. Um, you know, were you surprised by the lack, the non-existenceness of Fuchs, Noho Hanks? They're uh, they probably come in later episodes. I feel like Hank needs more of a conclusion, but we'll get that in L.A. Fuchs has a good good conclusion of the last episode, being like stuck in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also Kusano, he's back. They're doing a biopic on Barry. Yeah, and he's and- uh. I found that really interesting because, like, he's nine's the episode of saying, I'm gonna go kill Kukunos. And that just told me, Barry, you haven't fucking learned a single lesson. Yeah, no, and, like, the kids go and, like, knock on his door. He pulls out a gun. And they just walk. He stands. He walks out. He stands, stands there, there holding the gun for, like, five hours. Like, what was this dude thinking? And the kids must have been, like, terrified. Yeah. And. Barry just doesn't know how to learn. I think at the end of the show, I feel like there's all the crime shows, there's like four ways a crime show can end. Like, either you win and you get some redemption, you don't win and you 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 get, you don't win but you kind of get like a redemption or you lose and you lose and you don't get redemption. I feel like Barry is the type of thing where there may, he's, he's gonna, I feel like he's gonna die or something, you know? He's yeah. not gonna get redemption. And then, yeah, I think it's more and more Barry's a bona fide fucking serial killer. He's at the end of that he's just he's not a good guy. Yeah. I think it's really sad, you know, Kusano's arc, like he just killed mm-hmm. his son and then he went in hiding for eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found that really interesting. I don't think I'm gonna be able to make like a lot more jokes next episode, like with the Barry biopic, like, oh guys, mm-hmm. it's like a show about Barry, but you're watching a show about Barry. Yeah. No, I that the the Kusino arc is very sad. Like, like what was he doing in those? He's just like it was Kusino hiding within himself because I think once he realized he killed his son, he just couldn't handle it and just like hid from the world because like all of these characters they're just kind of hiding who they are from the world, you know. Let's talk about let's talk about the um the Sally choking scene. When you watched that, were you like, what the fuck is going on? I was. I. <laughs> It was a very confusing scene, but I think it's mostly like you know she killed the dude in the last episode, but she also she's also very traumatized by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know if you realize this, but I was reading some stuff and it was like this whole life it's because Sally is punishing herself for killing that guy, and she thinks she deserves this. Yeah. And she's forcing herself to have this life, you know? It's kind of how, like, uh, Kim it went to went to Florida and Better Call Saul after Howard Hamlin was killed because she feels like they deserted. They feel like they, they're so, they've done such a big travesty that they're pushing themselves into having this type of misery. Because, you know, Sally doesn't like Barry. She does not like Barry and she's disconnected from her child. But she feels like she deserves this life and she feels, in a way... At the end of the day, when Barry, when she hears that knock on the door, she wants Barry to protect her. Yeah, and she wants her to kill. She wants her to kill. Uh, and she feels yeah. like if she doesn't do it, she's probably gonna get caught by the police or something for the murder. Yeah. And she feels like Barry can protect her no matter what. I mean, technically, she's like not on the run, so yeah. she could technically still come back. 
from this. Yeah. I mean, she's harboring, like, a fugitive, but, you know. Yeah. I guess, uh, but... She could somehow get out of it. I feel like it's Sally's feeling, like, the, her like her position in life is to be with violent men. Because, like, you know, the yeah, guy... Yeah, can see that cycle. Because Bevel, the guy she was choking, like, yeah. that would have been a guy that Sally would have dated. Yeah. And her choking game is kind of, like, finally taking power in her life or something, I felt. You would agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I found that really quite interesting. I find it found a really interesting thing that the religion aspect of it. Yeah, I did not think of Barry becoming this, like, insanely religious guy. I, I'll tell you why I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense because Barry's perfect life is just kind of, like, living at a simple, like, little simple life, and that's, like, you know, all these, sim like, guys in, the, like, the middle of the country, you know, they're religious, but the thing about Barry, he doesn't understand religion at all. He's not gonna read the Bible. He just likes the idea of being religious. Yeah. Like, when he told that fish story that had, like, no relation. He doesn't understand things. He's kind of, like, he's kind of very naive in some ways, I would say. Yeah, like, he is not... A human kind of he doesn't like have some of the things that makes him human mm -hmm. i uh, i would totally agree he's like he's kind of like kind of like as he said greg in a way you know yeah and that's a nice correlation even though it's not really there but yeah, um yeah if greg can go kill 20 people we can make that relation mm -hmm. and you i i really for both of these shows, as a final thing, I guess, I really just don't know where they're going, you know? They're, like, so unpredictable. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I'm like, how are they gonna wrap this up in, like, three episodes? Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, because we got three episodes of Succession and three episodes of Barry, and let's just... You have any predictions for Barry? Um... I really hope they have, like... Hank show up and like try to redeem him. Mm -hmm. Ending uh, Sally kills Barry at the end of the show. Hopefully, Kusano kills Barry. Yeah, I feel I, like I'm to a point where I kind of want Barry to die. Yeah, I'm noticing that in your predictions. Yeah. I really want him to die. <laughs> yeah, I just I really hope they like in one of the next three episodes they can have like a pure comedy one. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it just like feels but a lot more. But I feel like this is just a natural progression of the plot of Barry. It's getting darker as they get into darker situations. We're not yeah, that, but not that, I like the that comedy side lucky. more. We're not happy go lucky that we were in season one and two. Then make some jokes, dude. Make it funny. It's Do a Ronnie and Lily episode. Yeah, I feel like this was kind of a Ronnie and Lily episode. It was just kind of centralized on one thing. No, no, Ronnie really was funny. This one had like two jokes. So are you saying I think the Succession episode beat the Barry episode this week? Uh, I don't know. Those Little League deaths were really funny. Well, there's the joke for you, Beck. <laughs> this has yeah, been I, a... I think yeah. we give Succession. Yeah, point. the bump up. Yeah, so 1-1. One, one. 
We'll yeah. see how it goes next time on Double Threat, a Barian Succession podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye.